This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. I'd rather you give me a shitty character I can make better. Like, like, give me Kaz from... <laughs> give me Kaz. What was the name of that shit show? I, I don't even remember the name of the show, Dave. It's Resistance. Resistance. Yeah, give me Kaz. Let me fix that fucking mess. That catastrophe. I'd rather... Give me a shitty character that I can't fuck up any worse. Give me Jar Jar Banks. Dude, I, I think that'd be a fun test to take a character like that. Yeah, if they were to give me a Jar Jar Binks comic and I get to go into why Misa was so fucking clumsy, I would give him an awesome backstory. Oh, absolutely. Misa, give- my dick just flipped out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host and your captain, your pilot, your Wookiee lover. Whatever you want me to be, I will be. Hello, David. Hello, everybody. How is the Back to Waters? Is it warm? Is it cold? It's nice and uh, sparkly. Is there any shrinkage going on? No, no, no. It's warm. So there's a little drooping. Drooping? Yeah. You know, everything's loosening up. Jesus. Did you just throw up? No, I sneezed. I have coronavirus. <laughs> Excuse me, Jesus. Some of the bacta fumes are getting into your, I, uh, <laughs> into yeah. your l- nose and lungs. I was trying to I was trying to dunk into the bacta waters and I got some into my nose area. <laughs> All right, so Dave, we have a lot to get through, believe it or not. There's yes, a lot of do. rumors, there's a lot of Star Wars news, nothing groundbreaking, earth shattering like movie news or new directors, but we do have a lot of things to sort through, starting with, I think the most important thing here, the Mandalorian season two trailer. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And I knew it was going to happen. We recorded our last show. And then literally the day after we recorded the Mandalorian trailer dropped. <laughs> dropped. After we spent a good five minutes bitching about no trailer. No trailer. I'm like, great. That that serves us right. That's I, what we get for bitching. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like, you know, I don't want to say it's Kathleen Kennedy smacking us. Maybe it's Filoni and, and Favreau saying, I hey, I don't know. hey, be quiet, you two. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, you'll get the trailer when I want to give it to you. And we'll give it to you today. Right after you complain about it. <laughs> we look like idiots. All right. So the Mandalorian season two trailer is here, Dave. And I have to say that I'm very happy with it. There wasn't a lot to go on, which I'm fine with. I'm not all about those trailers that, that you know, that kind of gives away the farm. I'm more about those trailers that creates excitement, that gets you interested. And that's all we really need. We don't need an elaborate trailer. Because let's be honest, we're all going to watch Mandalorian season two anyways. Do we really need this elaborate trailer that gives us too many, um, gives away too much of the narrative? Yeah. And and that's the thing. I when they first actually did the whole trailer for the first season of Mandalorian, they were giving a lot away a lot of stuff. But was, that was a little different. They needed to, right? They needed to. They needed to show us what we were working with. With season two, since we're all excited to actually see the story of the Mandalorian, the child continue. That's, uh, that's the only thing that should be able to tell us in the trailer right now that we are going to continue it. Here's a little tidbits that you can see that basically it's now turned into a, I get very heavy vibes of lone wolf and cub now. Oh, for sure. Dave between those two, it was, it was there in season one and they hinted at it. Especially baby Yoda closes his own little crib thing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that is 
straight just like Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm honestly excited for season two. I was really excited they used the armorers dialogue from season one to set the tone for yes. the trailer because you don't start the season two trailer with that dialogue unless that's what the season's going to be about. The story arc. That's got to be the myth that, arc, right? It has to be the myth arc. And we were hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. That it would, in fact, be the foundation for season two. The fact that the Mandalorian will be searching for the child's people. Yeah. Which that concept alone is going to take us into some very deep areas of mythos. You're dealing with a species that I only can assume is all but extinct. It's the reason why we haven't seen them. Yeah. Or they're in hiding for some reason. Uh, they were referred to as Jedi sorcerers. Yes. We are going to be going deep, Dave. And and I appreciate the fact that they still are really showing the perspective of the people that aren't attached to the Jedis and the Sith. They don't right. know uh, people like the thing I really appreciated from season one is they separated the fact that for all of us as fans, we all know about the Jedi and the Sith. Right. However, the one thing that I will give this new era of star Wars is returning that mysticism element back to the term Jedi, right? The term, the force, because to say like a, a normal bounty hunter who has no force powers whatsoever, Seeing what like the Jedi and the Sith are doing is absolute magic. That has to be otherworldly. How how can they do stuff like this? Or it's just a whisper as well. Like he's never heard really of a of anyone really meeting a Jedi, and that's why this entire thing works. Because okay, Dave, imagine if someone told you that on the other side of our planet earth let's say in asia there was someone that lifted some rocks and had a laser sword you'd be like really that's weird okay you'd go about your life right but the likelihood of you ever encountering that person is close to nothing close to nothing close to nothing now put that into the perspective of an entire universe a galaxy of planets and billions of billions of people you have one at this time one jedi that you hear whispers of that works within the rebel Alliance that blew up a death star that defeated the evil empire whispers. You've never seen him. Yeah. You don't know anyone who's ever met him, but you heard about this guy. You're clear across the other side of the galaxy. galaxy. This mystery is real. Yeah. We take for granted that we are privy to Luke's story. Yes. And the Sith and the Jedi, but you have to remember the universe, the galaxy, the star, the people within the Star Wars galaxy didn't even know the Emperor was a Sith. Yeah. And that, so none of these things are actually common knowledge within the world of Star Wars to these people. And I didn't come to this realization till after I rewatched the whole season again of Mandalorian season one. And you start realizing that the way the Mandalorian reacted to the the child's first initial exploits in using the force, mm-hmm. right? When you think about it, we as audi- uh, as fans should be looking at that going, oh, that's no big deal. He lifted something. But to him, it's like, what the hell? Exactly. Yeah. And the Mandalorian, the way it's treated, I thought was genius because like when the Mandalorian tells, uh, I, I forgot the character's name that I really liked, the mechanic. Mm-hmm. And the mechanic's like going, oh, is is the child awake? And he says, mm-hmm. no, he's he's still he's still out. He he did something really special. And the mechanic says, can you tell me exa- exactly what you saw? And it's like, it really put into sp- per- perspective of me when I was rewatching this going, wait a minute. Yeah, normal everyday people are, would look at the Jedi and say, there's no way that could exist. Just it's like literally just stories. It's just stories. David, it's, think about 20 years ago. Let's say, let's go back to the Clone Wars era, which was, you know, the height of the Jedi, right? Before they met their demise, right? Yeah. And at this point, it's what? Maybe 30 years, perhaps, uh, later? 
probably 30, okay. 30, 40 years. People, let's say people talk about segregation. 30 years ago, there was segregation, let's say. It was longer ago. Let's say the 60s, Dave. Yeah. We've heard our parents tell us about it, but we're like, what? That's weird. Segregation, people drinking in different water fountains, using different bathrooms. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. They're just simply stories that aren't quite real because we can't make that connection because we've never experienced it or see it. Exactly. Nor have seen it. Now, put that into the perspective of Star Wars. You have a universe where the Jedi have all been snuffed out. You don't talk about them. Their history has been destroyed by the Empire. How is anyone going to learn anything? Unless you're old, unless you're 60, 70, 80 years plus, you've never even heard really of a Jedi. And all they are are simply stories. Yeah. So all of this mythos, or I should say this mystery, this mystique, now feeds into the second season of The Mandalorian. And I feel like we're in some really cool territory to explore avenues of the Force that maybe we've never seen before. Possibly we'll learn about things that we've never, let's say the Jedi, like specific avenues of the Jedi, specific sex of the Jedi, not sex, sects of the Jedi, like Yoda's people. These are things I'm hoping we get into during Mandalorian season two or event or eventually, if this is just the stepping stones that will get us there for season three, season four, then that's fine. But if that's the territory we're going, Dave, I am really, really excited because we still have to tackle. We still have that issue where the armor says eons ago, eons ago. Yes. That's not 30 years ago. No, that's a long time ago. So what specifically is she talking about? Because we definitely know that they're in, because if, if you watched rebels, you know, the history of the Jedi's versus the Mandalorians. Right. The dark saber, everything that happened eons ago. I think the way that it's being portrayed is like, even the Mandalorians thought all the Jedi's were extinct at this point. They were gone. No, none of them ever mixed inter, inter intermingled because they were both wiped out to the point of extinction. And it really puts it into perspective too, about like, some of the some of the sayings that we take for granted as Star Wars fans, like even like say the saying in New Hope when Han Solo looks at Luke Skywalker and tells him, you know, hokey religion does not replace the the, the blaster the yeah. blaster by your side, kid. Yeah, and like all of a sudden you cut to Obi Wan and Obi Wan's just smiling. Right. Well, Dave, we as fans know how badass Jedi were. Right. But Han Solo is like. Even you at know, that time, a regular Joe Schmo, someone who travels time. the galaxy isn't quite aware of what actually exists. Exactly. Yeah, you're right, Dave. And that's why we're in a really cool territory here because we can discover new things through the eyes of the Mandalorian. Yeah. But there still is that very specific distinction that I was getting to a second ago that we do have to, we have to create that distinction for the average Joes out there. There are people that are watching The Mandalorian because it's a mainstream hit that are not watching Clone Wars. They're not watching Watching Rebels. Rebels. They've watched the movies and now they're watching The Mandalorian and they have to make that distinction because The Mandalorians were very much aware of the Jedi 30 plus years ago. 30 plus years ago, yes. they very much aware. Uh, In Rebels, you can shrug and say, well, it was just Kanan and Ezra, two Jedi and, you know, involved in an entire planet Civil War. Who's going to remember them? Really? Right? Then you had Darth Maul, who was a a Sith slash Jedi, who was actually their leader during the Clone Wars time. So they have to make that distinction. Distinction. When she says eons ago, she's not talking about these Jedi. She's talking about a very specific organization. And I'm hoping that's the territory we get into, that we create that distinction. And they specify the differences between these sorcerer Jedis. And the Jedi of the Republic. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Especially for the layman, Dave, they have to, because we, we already know the lingo, the canon. We understand that she can't be talking about these, but for everyone else out there, they've, they've got to make that distinction. Yeah. Especially since one of your most epic moments, even to the layman last season, mm-hmm. at the very end 
was Moff Gideon showing up with the dark right. saber. Because now you're bringing that into you're bringing that in the equation, that, that piece of Mandalorian history into in in into the series. And that was seen as of what uh, seven, maybe ten years prior, because yes. of Rebels. Because of Rebels, um, give or take a year or two. So, all right. So, what do we know of Mandalorian season two so far? Well, we know that Sasha Banks has been cast. Yep. And please, God, please. She better not be Sabine. <laughs> yeah, I was. David, there's so many rumors right now saying, there is. oh, Sasha Banks is going to be Sabine. I'll be, I'll be a little Have upset. you seen that still image of her? Yes. That face screams, I can't act. And you, you know you the and sad I part? Have, you and I have worked on sets before, and we know when actors can't act. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to hum a tune. They don't have to even move. It's a look. It's a look. It's a look. And you're like, yeah, you don't know how to act right now because your 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 face is telling us all that there's a camera on you right now. Yeah. And that still image of Sasha Banks screams terrible actor, dude. And and I love Sasha Banks because I'm a big wrestling fan. Why are and- we bringing these types of people? <sighs> I ended up liking Cara Dune. I do like her because, um, what's her name? Giancarlo. Uh, yeah, Gina Carano. Gio Carano. Uh, Gina Carano is very likable. She is. She's charismatic. And because of that, I give her a pass. But she's also not that great of an actor. Well, that's why I think it's a really good thing to pair her up with. Uh, a shitty actor? No, no, no. Pair her up with. Uh, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. Yeah. Well, he's fucking great. Dude. He's fantastic. So yeah. you can cover her up by pairing her up with the right actor. Yeah. That's why I think Sasha Banks, hey, fans of her, I'm behind you. I like Sasha, but she's got to be paired up with the right person. I'm a little nervous, Dave, because we're dealing with Star Wars. Why are we casting these types of people? Why are we not? Because it's the flavor of the month thing. Why are we not putting stellar actors? I mean, Star Wars has always been known for casting some of the greatest British actors of all time. Why are we putting Sasha Banks? Why are we putting MMA fighters and WWE fighters into Star Wars? Flavor of the month, dude. That's what it feels like, and that's what I hate. And I don't want to be a dickhead. We have not seen anything yet with her in it. I've never watched a movie with her in it. Is she an actor as well? I don't believe so. I, I, I don't, don't get so. it. And because I, and again, she, I'm basing this all on a still image, Dave, but that still image is awful. I didn't even know who she was. But when they showed her in the trailer, I'm like, oh, kind of rough looking. Well, that's because why because she does this head raise. And then I find out it's Sasha Banks. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. What are we doing? Here? Why are we <laughs> casting these people? And especially since the thing that irritates me is like fans automatically jump and say, that looks like Sabine. No, it doesn't. That's just what people. <laughs> I saw some people asking if that was Ahsoka. Same here. I'm like, is I that Ahsoka? People- I'm like, do you have you not watched any Star Wars? How is that Ahsoka? <laughs> have you have you not been even paying not human? Have you even paid attention to the news? Hey, is that Yoda? Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> I hate David, I'm a Star Wars elitist. <laughs> Yes. I think that's I, I yes. hate people that don't watch Star Wars that try to watch Star Wars. When I, it comes to Star Wars nowadays, I think me and you have turned into the Star Wars elitist. <laughs> now, if you try, like I know we have lots of listeners that try. Yes. That they try to watch everything. They try to read as much as they can. And they're new at this. That's fine. If you're trying, if you're studying, if you're doing your homework, if you just kind of late, you know, some people are late to college. You know, sometimes they don't start until their mid thirties when they're trying to find that, that second career. Right. You know how people do that sometimes? Yeah. Well, if, let's put that into the Star Wars sense. Let's say you're late to the game. Then you're fine. I'm not talking about you. But if you aren't even trying and you're asking if that's a Soka, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it, it kind of, I'm not an angry person, Dave, but I got a little angry. I saw a lot of people asking if that was Ahsoka. Ahsoka and Sabine. Like how? I, so you read a few headlines. You saw the excitement that Rosario Dawson might be Ahsoka. And then suddenly it's like, oh, that's Ahsoka. Like, first off, do you not even know who Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Dawson is? is? You just saw a brown skinned lady. Sasha Banks isn't brown, by the way. She's just fucking tan. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. So Tamura Morrison pretty much is confirmed as Boba Fett, even though we have not heard anything official day. We're still waiting for that official press release from Lucasfilm. We have not received it, but if you go to Tamora's management website, they actually are the guilty party of spoilers. Yes. It says, if you go to the website, it says, hold on, let me, I lost it, Dave. Give me a second here. It would in what could amount to the coolest news in a while, it looks like we could have a confirmation that Tamura Morrison will be playing Bobo Fett in Star Wars The Mandalorian's second season. Of course, we know Morrison replaced the voice of the original Bobo Fett in later editions of the classic Star Wars trilogy and played Boba's father, Jango Fett, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, while the scoring sessions for the second season of The Mandalorian is being conducted, a huge Boba news is breaking, making this a really exciting time for the Disney Plus series. The casting website, Showcast, has a current CV for Tamura Morrison, and the listing reads, The Mandalorian, Season 2, post-production for Fairview Entertainment. And it has the picture of Tamura. Which... Here's the thing. I'm excited for to see Tamora Morrison And again. it says, it says credits, 2020, television, Boba Fett, The Mandalorian. But, <laughs> Mike, am I the only uh, one? Do you think, it, I'm going to say something that's probably going to anger fans. Uh-oh. Because everyone knows my stance on this. Boba Fett needs to stay dead. It has to be done, though, Dave. No, Mike. Now, why bring him back? Now, <laughs> the Boba Fett aspect does throw me off. It could, yes. he could... He very well could play various characters. He already has been. I'm, I, that's what I'm hoping. I hope it's a different. Yeah. Say, say, for example, it's Dave, a it's clone. Gonna, it's going to be Boba Fett, Dave. It's going to be Boba Fett, <laughs> Make Dave. Make it Rex. I don't care. Dave, Rex it's already in, a, in the books. <laughs> His armor is already being worn by someone else, which means Boba Fett somehow got out of the Sarlacc pit. It's already been stated in canon. Okay. And, of course, we know the retcon EU had resurrected him. Already, years ago. Years ago. Really crappily, too. (laughs) Now, I'll tell you, Dave, I'm not keen on casting Boba Fett because I'm I'm of the similar mindset as you. It's like, hey, listen, the character's dead. He's not (laughs) that great. Jango Fett was fucking amazing. It was amazing. Boba Fett's not that great. He's a cool character. There's a mystique to him, but he died. He served his purpose, and he's dead. Yeah. There's a reason why George Lucas killed him. So stupid. (laughs) But I will say this. Let's put it to rest. I feel like they're bringing him in so that they can show the distinction to the mainstream. Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Mandalorian is not Boba Fett. Because there's a lot of people who still think the Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Is Boba Fett. Why are people so stupid? <laughs> it's just because they don't, they're not, they're not nerds like us, Dave. They don't dedicate their entire lives. <laughs> While most people are out getting fucked on a Friday night, we're at home watching Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Educating ourselves. <laughs> Griping and complaining about Sasha Banks. Yeah. All right. So Anthony Daniels returns to voice C-3PO. Of course he does. <laughs> what else is he going to do? Of course he does. <laughs> His farewell was not the rise of Skywalker. No. (laughs) Did you think it was? Did you think it would be? Of course not. This is Anthony Daniels who talks shit about George Lucas, but then has raped that man's uh, (laughs) character (laughs) character he created for as long as he can. (laughs) This is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. Anthony Daniels returns to voice C-3PO in Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR experience. Now, this is good news. Now, as we know, VR is still fairly new, but it's getting to be a little easier as the years go by to utilize, to create games for, as we know, the Oculus, the Facebook-owned VR company. What, a year and a half ago? Yes. Dropped Vader Immortal on all of us. You and I 
we actually did an entire Patreon exclusive review of the first chapter. And it was amazing. We loved it. Well, now here we are again with a tie-in to Galaxy's Edge with C-3PO in it. And I'm actually pretty excited for this, especially because now, if people aren't aware, Vader Immortal is no longer going to be exclusive to the Oculus. It is actually moving to the big platforms. Of course, Xbox, uh, the PlayStation, to name a couple. Anyone that has the VR capabilities will be able to play Vader Immortal. So this is something we had said we wanted. As we're moving further and further, or I should say, or I should say closer and closer to VR being a little easier to accomplish, or I should say VR is becoming easier to give to the mainstream. It's no longer going to be that expensive. I don't know if I really want to make that type of cash commitment. Cause as we know, the Oculus is what five, 600 bucks for a essentially a 15 minute game, which is what Vader immortal was for the first chapter. It's well worth it though. Believe me. I spent $500 just on 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I could have purchased a high end prostitute from Vegas for that much money. 15 minutes, 500 bucks. Here you go. (laughs) And she's probably a better actor than Sasha. Sasha Banks. Banks? (laughs) You can't let it go. Can you? (laughs) She told me she loved me. That was some great acting. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) All right. So Anthony Daniels returns to voice C-3PO in star Wars tales from galaxies edge VR experience. Anthony Daniels is returning to voice the 3 po though for the first time in virtual reality in the upcoming Oculus game, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which will be available this holiday season. Let's check out all the details from the press release, including a video teaser. We will not watch this, but we will post it within the description of our episode when it yeah. goes live. The official Press release, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge will give players the opportunity to live their own adventure and explore a new part of a galaxy far, far away in virtual reality. The original story will feature both new and iconic characters from the Star Wars universe with multiple styles of gameplay and difficulty settings to accommodate a wide variety of players from Star Wars fans to VR gamers alike. Primarily taking place between Star Wars The Last Jedi and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker on the planet of Batu, the adventure is set on the outskirts of Black Spire outpost of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the epic new land at Disneyland Resort in California and Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. This experience will extend the storytelling of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge like never before and for the first time at home. What do you think, Dave? At first, when I first heard about this, I was like, going, oh, they're really trying to get people to get into Galaxy's Edge. Well, now. that's that's exactly what they're doing. But but further on, when you actually when I actually looked at it, I'm actually pretty psyched about this. If it is a similar VR experience like Vader Immortal, where it's like you're following an actual story narrative. And it sounds like it is. And we're some of the stories that they're talking about are stuff that is very reminiscent to like tales of, uh, I think it's the one that me and you have discussed about uh, in star Wars lore about tales of the bounty hunter or tales from uh, right. the cantina and stuff like that. And if they do something like that, I mean, we've seen what they're, what, what kind of story narrative they're able to pull out of Vader immortal, which Quite honestly, it was amazing. Epic. It was amazing. Amazing. It was lore building. Yeah, they yep. added lore in a VR experience. If you can do that in this, then this honestly could be just as good right. as Vader Immortal. See, Vader Immortal was, I felt like, a genuine effort to give you a really cool Star Wars experience. There yeah. was no, hey, we're going to tie this into a Disneyland park. This is being made by the same team. That's a plus. Yeah. It's also going to drop an Oculus first, which is a plus. And as long as this doesn't feel like a glorified commercial. Or Galaxy's Edge. And it's just simply a way to connect this place with the world of Star Wars, which we already know. They had said a long time ago that the... Black Spire Outpost and Batu would forever be a part 
of Star Wars, that this is an actual place here. This is a part of Star Wars canon and that they want stories to continue to cross through and that they will continue to use the Black Spire outpost as a place that can be the nexus that connects the world of Star Wars. So I, I kind of like that, but I also feel like afterthought here. I feel like they want to do their own thing, which wouldn't have made more sense to create Tatooine. Exactly. I mean, isn't that that's my stance. that's always been the nexus of Star Wars. Everything's always run through this backwater town or planet on Tatooine on Tatooine. And now we have this new one. I know it goes down to licensing and paying Lucas and that there's that whole conspiracy theory. And I call it a conspiracy theory because there's a bunch of videos that have been unconfirmed that the reason why Disney has run so far away from anything that Lucas created and they always keep trying to do their own thing and not go back and use things that have been set up is because every time they do, they have to pay Lucas. Yes. That's, that's been the rumor. We don't, it's not confirmed, but when you see a lot of their decisions, uh, it it, makes sense. It starts making sense. Yeah. And like, I agree with you. They, they have an established planet that every star Wars fan would love to go to, which is the cantina on Tatooine. But instead we get, Batu, nothing wrong with Batu, but it just seems so heavy handed that it's so obvious that the only reason why you're doing using Batu is because it's at Galaxy's Edge. And I feel like a lot of other Star Wars fans are going to feel the same. Now, if this yeah. was a mainstream grab, well, there's a lot of people who aren't just going to who are just going to not think about it. But it, the people who are going to be purchasing the Oculus, the people who are going to buy the game right now for oculus it's gonna be the star wars fan it's gonna be the star wars fan so and i'm and i'm definitely gonna do it i just hope it's more than just simply a commercial for disneyland for disneyland and like i'll be really intrigued what they do with uh with tales from galaxy's edge because if they can actually make interesting narratives and interesting story Honestly, that would be very that that could actually encourage people to embrace a new era idea like Batu, because I think that's what honestly the Star Wars needs. We need to actually need fans supporting the new ideas, the new quote unquote IPs of Star Wars, whether it be, you know, the new characters like Ray, Poe and Finn, Kylo Ren. Also, like the concepts like Galaxy's Edge, we need the new fan. We need fans to start embracing the new ideas. If we don't, we just me. It's just like how me and you are looking at it now. It's just a cash grab, right? And this is classic Disney. This is what they have been doing for a couple decades now. They want to connect movies and other properties to specific attractions within their parks. Because they hope to bring it life. That's what they did within, um, with um, Pirates of the Caribbean. They created a massive movie franchise based on a ride that was 50, 60 years plus, And now this ride suddenly is the talk of the town again because of a few successful films. So I feel like that's what they want to do with Galaxy's Edge is to always keep it at the forefront. Let's not let it go to the wayside. Let's constantly bring it up and use it so that people can connect this specific aspect of Star Wars back to our parks. Yeah. So, and we, you and I are very pessimistic and we, we see are. things for how they are many times. <laughs> and that's why we're unable to enjoy things. That's why, and that's why it's really imperative. I hope, I hope they give us a really cool narrative, just like what they did with Vader Immortal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's go to a quick break, Dave. And then when we get back, we'll jump into some more Star Wars news. We'll be right back. All right, everyone. Decision 2021 is what I'm calling this. We need your help every year around this time. We start weighing the pros and cons, whether or not we should continue with this podcast endeavor. Can we make money? Can we turn a profit? Well, we need you. 
in order to continue. So Decision 2021, as we try to educate our listeners on ways that you can keep this network alive. Number one, Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital Pledge, help us stay alive or be aware of our shows and when they go live, when they go on demand, and be sure to interact with our posts within social media. Like the post, share the post, comment. All these things trigger algorithms that are necessary for our shows to trend on social media. So thank you and be aware or be square. How do you like that, Dave? (laughs) There we go. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BRAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We are here, and we are queer, and we are proud of it. Right, David? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm lying, but David's half lying. All right, so Dave, are you ready for this? Are you ready, Dave? Okay. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back re-releasing in theaters for the 40th anniversary. This is something, Dave, that you and I were very bummed about when it was only going to the UK. Yes. And thankfully, coronavirus has infected the world. (laughs) World. (laughs) And because of that, theaters are now like, all right, maybe we'll release the Empire Strikes Back here in the United States as well. Why? It's the only good <laughs> thing that has come from coronavirus, Dave. And that's the fact that we're finally, we're going to get the opportunity to watch Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back on that big screen. And you know, we're both going to go. Oh, yeah. We can't miss an opportunity. Whenever Star Wars is put back on that big screen, who's there? We are. We are. We'll be there every single time. Even <laughs> for Last Jedi. Dude, I'm so psyched for this new release because... For me, I've never been, I was, I'm, I haven't been able to see the digitally remastered version of Empire Strikes Back in the big screen. You didn't see the, I the never got a chance special to. Special edition? No. You didn't see the special edition in the 90s? No, I never got a chance to because I missed out on it because I forgot why, because I watched New Hope and then the only thing I remember is actually seeing Return of the Jedi afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but like, Getting to a chance to see Empire Strikes Back, just not as a, a, a Star Wars fan, but a film fan has me so psyched. The gorgeous picture. It's going to be a gorgeous picture. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going. According to this article here, Dave, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year and will be releasing, re-releasing in theaters to commemorate the occasion. The popular Star Wars movie was initially shocking and controversial when it was released back in 1980, thanks to its bold character choices and surprisingly unhappy ending. However, The Empire Strikes Back is now heralded as one of the best films in the franchise, with many fans even preferring it over its predecessor. Now, according to a tweet from the official Star Wars Twitter account, fans can experience seeing The Empire Strikes Back once again in theaters. The re-release of the 1980s film will be will take place on September 25th. And most open theaters will have at least a couple different showtimes for the film. The announcement tweet also included a unique new poster for The Empire Strikes Back. That looks gorgeous. Yeah, I'll post that as well within the on-demand section of our website. The Empire Strikes Back in theaters on September 25th. 
someone someone actually asked me this question, and I want to ask you it, is we all love Empire Strikes Back. Everyone agrees it is probably the greatest Star Wars film of all time. All fans agree with this. However, someone basically brought up a really interesting question to me. Is like, if Star Wars Empire Strikes Back was released today, you didn't know any of this, of the... Uh, of the surprises didn't know anything of the movie, but if it showed today, would that type of movie still work today? Yeah. Because think about it. It took a gamble. Like what you said about the darker tones, you're coming from right. new hope and empire strikes back took a complete 180 by going like, all right, we're going to go dark tones. And guess what? One gigantic twist in the very end. Well, second movie in. Yeah. Second movie in, we don't have the, the nostalgia expectations. Yeah, I feel like if this movie came out today, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Yeah, um, a good movie's a good movie, David. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter if it comes out, you know, a hundred years ago or a hundred years in the future. A good movie's a good movie. And I know why you're posing that question. I know why many people on social media are posing that question. And I know why the writer of this article put in that it was controversial. And it's because these are last Jedi apologists. Well, not even that. It is, Dave. These are the, what these people do. They're like, well, Empire Strikes Back was controversial and hated, so Last Jedi is just like it. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. Last Je- I'm not saying you are, Dave. I'm saying the people that pose these questions. Pose, pose the questions. I've, yeah, I can I've, see that. I've seen these people do that. But the one thing that, that dawned on me is like that, that twist in the end when you find out, Luke, I am your father – would have been so spoiled in today's world. Yeah, but also when, when Adam Driver's Kylo Ren says, you're nothing, you're nobody, I mean, that's also a great reveal, too. That, that, that's just bad. And also, I mean, this movie is definitely going to be remembered like Empire Strikes Back in 30, 40 years because all the meandering mess narratives that never connected, <laughs> the whole pointless story arc of Rose Tico and Finn and how it never even matters at the end because they never found the fucking hacker they needed and it didn't even matter because they didn't need it at the end. And all that stupid bitch Haldo had to do was tell fucking Poe what her plan was. And he never would have sent Finn and Rose off on, on their own gallivanting, doing God knows what and pointless bullshit. And then the whole character DJ that mattered to nothing except for the fact that it was Benicio Del Toro. Go oh, fuck that movie! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and that's what, see, dude, I, that mo- I summed up how shitty that movie is. Yeah. In, in a 30 second nerd rant. And you cannot, you cannot do that to You can't do that Empire to Empire Strikes Back. Back. You can't. Everything matters in Empire Strikes oh Back. Oh my God. Every single moment mattered. Like it, when I think back to Empire Strikes Back, every single scene that happened, there wasn't a waste. I mean, the whole Hoth, Hoth thing mattered because it showed the, the, the absolute, the rebel Alliance was, had their backs against the wall at that point. Well, just look at the way they propelled Han Solo and Leia's story. Exactly. They didn't matter in the sense that they took the spotlight from the main story. The story was Luke and everything they did was about Luke as well. The entire chase, them being chased by the Empire was so that Vader can get his hands on them so that he can torture them. So that Luke is then tempted to come rescue them because he's hoping he sees what he's doing or feels what he's doing within the force. And think about it. So that's how you write a movie. When you have numerous characters doing different things, you have to put focus on one individual story element. And this movie, Empire Strikes Back, never lost sight of the point of the movie and it was the story of Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Darth Vader. And everything else was there to help and push that story forward. Even the story of Han Solo and Leia. The Last Jedi never did that. Not once. And look at the contrast between Empire Strikes Back introducing an unknown character. At that time, an unknown character in Yoda and making a character that mattered not just to the movie franchise, but to the entire mythos of Star Wars. Yeah. And they tried to do the same thing in Last Jedi with with dj yeah it was not good it, it was not good yeah so, it was poorly executed yeah and it was controversial because the reason why it was controversial was not because it was written poorly that's that's what people don't understand 
We don't care about your story choices. Your story choices are fine. It's your story to tell, but it's how you execute those. That's the problem. And that will always be the problem with Last Jedi. The movie is a chaotic, meandering mess. That's the problem. It's a gorgeous picture. And it's well-directed in terms of visuals. But the script needed to be punched up. It needed to be fixed. Empire Strikes Back. You can't look at Empire Strikes Back and say, oh, that's a fucking issue. That's a fixed fucking issue. There's no writing errors. With There's this no movie. writing errors. Yeah. So this movie will always stand up and it holds up against the, you know, against time. But it stands up to the test of time. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yes. And whereas Last Jedi, it does not. It does not. And it was controversial, David. That's where I was going with this. It was controversial because it actually did what people say last Jedi did. It subverted your expectations. You expected a happy ending, just like the new hope. And instead they capture one of your main characters. They cut our lead characters arm off. The bad guys win. What movie does, does that Or the bad guys win? That's fucking amazing. But we you- need more of that in today's cinema. And even at the end of the day, the bad guys win, but you still leave the theater and the story with this sense of, of hope. hope. Yes. That basically when they're looking out and basically Lando says, we will find him and they, and him and Chewie just fly off in the Falcon. You have this sense of not dread, but of hope. And then when you get to return of the Jedi, it just comes all rushing like a roller coaster. And you're like, yeah, it's a fun ride at that point. Yeah. David, I don't know. I'm wondering if we should go see this. I really want to. And then, are you ready? We do our very first review (laughs) of an original film, which I have refrained from doing for a very long time because I don't want to review. I love them too much. Yeah. But I I agree with you. I would would love to actually review it. I think it'd be funny because, like, it'd be hilarious if, like, I said, eh, you know, I give this a 90. Oh. And then all of a sudden you throw your monitor at me. I would fire you. Like, get the hell out of this <laughs> studio. Get off my plane. You know, uh, George Lucas is uh, his writing technique here. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So the decision to re-release The Empire Strikes Back comes in spite of the ongoing global pandemic, which yeah. has forced theaters in multiple major markets to remain closed. Though theaters have started opening up in certain areas around the world recently, the enclosed spaces still pose a health risk to patrons. Okay, thank you for that little warning there. What are you, the surgeon fucking general? General. (laughs) Where's the Star Wars news? Given this decision to run a promotional theatrical event for The Empire Strikes Back, even as an attempt to celebrate its 40th anniversary, is perhaps not the smartest move for Lucasfilm to make right now. Oh, thank you. Captain Obvious. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. You know what? Just I like how they get this, this last little paragraph is like maybe dude, write your articles and quit giving us medical advice. All right. Exactly. Just focus on the positive. <laughs> so angry this show, David. All, it's all because of you. Yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> all right, so Star Wars the Obi-Wan series is only one season, according to reports. <laughs> oh, I I could sense the anger building in you for this one. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how I feel about this. My my initial reaction was a little concerned. Yes. Only because Okay, so if this follows the same format as The Mandalorian. Yes. 30-minute episodes, 6 episodes, we're essentially getting a movie. Yeah. And we're 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 being fooled. We're being tricked. Hey guys, <laughs> it's a TV tricked. series. Wink wink. Oh wait, this is the movie that was written, right? So is this the new normal for Star Wars? We're going to be taking movie ideas and breaking them up into 30 minute segments and then pawning them off as TV shows. And not to rub salt in the wound, Mike, this is the thing that you, you, me and you have harped on. That is the warning. Yeah. That this was, this was coming. This is what, you know, we're unfortunately Disney's going to look at it and say, you know, we don't have to do theatrical movies. Yeah, why do a movie? We can chop up a movie idea and make a six-part TV show, air quotes. And char- and still charge our Disney Plus users $30 to watch it. Okay, if they do that, that's, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, that's it. I'm going to go. Um, I'm, just sh- I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, look what they did with Mulan. They charge you $30 when oh, yeah. you already have the that's, fucking that's, service. That's bullshit. But um, 
at least it didn't do very well. So hopefully <laughs> that idea is now dead in the water. All right. So the upcoming Kenobi series will only be one season. And while some fans are disappointed, this might actually be a good thing. If there's one thing that Star Wars fans can actually agree on, it's how much they love Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, when news broke that Lucasfilm was developing an Obi-Wan series for Disney+, Plus, with Ewan McGregor reprising his role from the prequels, franchise devotees were ecstatic with the prospect of seeing the Jedi Master back on the screen. A series will take place, of course, between Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope, and it will follow Obi-Wan in exile on Tatooine while guarding a young Luke Skywalker. Details about the upcoming project has been scarce, but one thing was confirmed by McGregor. The series will be only one season. Okay, and this is new to me. Presumably four episodes. So if it's four episodes at 30 minutes long, no. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, Dave. <laughs> Now, there's some silver lining here, Dave. We know that this series was paused for a bit. Yes. And they went back and fired the writer and got a new writer. The good thing, the reason why that's a good thing is because obviously they were having problems. And if they were having problems with the script, it probably had a lot to do with the fact that this was originally conceived as a film. And as I said with The Mandalorian, and I was proven right. Even though The Mandalorian was a bona fide hit, there was a lot of writing errors. Because you took a movie idea and you turned it into a TV series. That's why I feel like Mandalorian Season 2 will be much better, a lot stronger, because now you have a group of writers, TV writers, working on the series. So I feel like the pacing is going to work a lot better for Mandalorian Season 2 because you're going you're gonna to be hitting those needed act beats. Act with this, I'm hoping we don't suffer from the same thing. Because we did fire that writer, perhaps they brought in someone who's more experienced from the TV side and said, all right, well, we're going to take this concept that was originally conceived for a, a two-hour film, and we're going to actually rework these beats so that it feels like a TV show and not just a movie that we stop at 30 minutes. Because that's not a TV show. Exactly. That's a movie that's a broken movie. into 30 minutes, and that's complete and utter bullshit. Mm -hmm. And we will all feel dismayed when we're watching this. It'll get bad reviews because even if people don't understand TV writing and they don't understand what they're watching, but they know it feels wrong. It's because we are bred to watch TV a certain way. And if the act structures doesn't work in the tried and true method, you're going to get a mess of a TV show and people will hate on it, whether you love Obi-Wan or not. So I'm hoping that this is going to be written as a tv show that's all i have to say if it's one season fine if it's one season yeah and i understand I we're in an area of time that you don't really have a lot of time chronologically within the canon within when it comes to canon to really do a lot with obi-wan without stepping on the feet you're going to get into the weeds here and you may end up fucking up other things that could come or that came before so you're in an area that's really risky anyway so if they keep it a little nuanced and close-ended you know they open it up close it out then fine but if you're just doing a, a tv show a four episode tv show you need to justify why you're doing this if it's just four episodes dave they got to tell us why they're doing this it can't simply be a day in the life of obi-wan this has to be a groundbreaking moment for obi-wan there's got to be earth-shattering reveals yeah, I Star agree. Wars universe breaking mythos. You can't just be like, hey, guys, this is a story of Obi-Wan while he's watching Luke. It's a day in the life. If you're doing four episodes and that's it, this has to be super fucking impactful. Every single minute has to matter. And it has to there has to be a reason why we're watching this. And that's the thing I'm worried about about Obi-Wan. I mean, you can't bring Obi-Wan back from the dead, essentially. I'm just saying that because his character has been you know, been there, done that, right? Yeah. So you can't just bring a character like this back and not do something so entirely relevant. You have to do something very relevant. Otherwise, you just kind of shrug. I'm like, why did we watch this? We yeah. already know Obi-Wan's story. So whatever they have planned has to really matter 
to the bigger story of Star Wars. And I hate to tell this to Star Wars fans. It has to be more than just, hey, it's going to be telling us the training that Obi-Wan went through on Tatooine. No, that can't be it. That cannot just be it. It needs to be a part of it. It needs to be part of it. There's a lot of things. I mean, he really did up his game during that time. Maybe this series will be the, the Star Wars show that actually finally bridges the gap between Jedi that die and Jedi that come back. Yes. As we know, Liam Neeson's character, Qui-Gon Jinn, was one of the first Jedi to learn this ability. Perhaps this will be the show that really fleshes that out. It has to. That I would be happy with. That Because that's a that's a a big Star Wars thing. That yes. would be something that would change the way we look at Star Wars forever and would be worthy of an Obi-Wan series. Yeah, it has to be the same type of impact that say like the end of rebels when Ezra goes into the force, he goes into the the area with all the mirrors and you find out the behind the scenes behind works of how the force works. Earth shattering, earth shattering moment like that. Yeah. Earth star Wars universe shattering mythos building, fleshing out the word of star Wars moment. One of the best ever in star Wars. If it's just what Obi-Wan's got to do. If it's just the Dana life of like how he turns into a hermit, <laughs> what the hell was the point? Yeah, it, it does, Dave. You're, you're absolutely right. They have to really make this series matter. This isn't the Mandalorian where you can, you know, piss your way through six out of eight episodes. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there was three real strong episodes of the Mandalorian. The rest of the episodes were kind of like, did they really matter? Not really. Yeah. This can't be that. You can't do that with Obi-Wan. And the thing I'm worried about is like, they're going to do series like Obi-Wan and basically just make it like, Oh, this is just a series about Obi-Wan about his, what he went through and stuff like that. And that's it. Because like you see like the other things that they're hinting at for star Wars future, you know, like a Lando series. Why? What's the point? What are you trying to, uh, are you just going to make these series to cash in on they gotta matter the characters they gotta matter dave star Without wars mattering. star wars always mattered in some way and i don't care if they make a series on kidster like make a story on kidster <laughs> i don't give a shit as long as it matters and it's matters. not just a cash grab and obi-wan is one of those characters that whatever you do every second of that series has to matter. Yes. You're dealing with one of the most iconic Star Wars characters of all time. He is in the same category as Darth Vader. And especially since as Yoda, only, as Palpatine, as Luke Skywalker. And especially since you only have four episodes to do it. Four episodes. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave, that kind of makes me nervous. I don't it see does. them being able to do it. That with the writing they have been putting out. They have not proven to me yet that they can write something exceptional. Well, if I'm not correct, the the writer that they chose was, I'm looking it up right now, is Joby Harold. And Joby Harold was connected to John Wick. Uh, he was connected to yeah. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, and that seems to be it. He's also developing a new take on the Transformer franchise. I don't know, dude. I really don't know. This this is one of those moments when I'm looking at it, I'm like going, there's nothing for me to cling on to for a security blanket. Make me feel secure in this. All the news so far, it has me really, really hesitant. More hesitant than any of any other series that is that me and you have covered in star Wars. Obi-Wan to me is one of the most important series for us to actually get an idea of what Disney is doing with star Wars. Yeah. I, Dave, I'll be honest with you. Like a part of me is not looking forward to this <laughs> because I'm so nervous, nervous. I, I want this to be good. 
Mandalorian, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. So I can shrug and say, okay, it was a fun average series, but it was fun. It was fun. Uh, Obi-Wan, it can't, you can't shrug and do that. Yeah. So we'll see, right? Yeah. All right. Well, this does take us to the end of our show, Dave. Too bad that we ended on a low note. A, a pretty low note. Hey, it's lower than it, it's better than the Sasha Banks. <laughs> Listen, if we lost <laughs> listeners because of it, they probably would have left us anyways eventually. So fuck them. <laughs> they don't like Sasha Banks. Ah! <laughs> They're not looking forward to Obi-Wan. Ah! <laughs> Billy thought three episodes of the Mandalorian was exceptional. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like Last Jedi or Rose Tico or Finn story. Ah-ha. And they don't like Boba Fett. They didn't like DJ. Ah-ha-ha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they didn't like Boba Fett. Who doesn't like Boba Fett? <laughs> all right, people. And I wonder why we don't have lots of listeners. <laughs> like all these listeners, I just make fun of them. Yeah, well, if you got offended, fuck off. <laughs> so and may the force be with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>